Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, we are sitting down with Loic Claveau, CMO of Victoria VR. Loic, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're very excited. And while we're saying thank you, of course, we got to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Asterian Products. If you don't know them already, they make gorgeous VR headset stands. I've got one in the background. It's customized with my logo. You can put your headset on there. I'll keep it stored and charged up for you. Check them out on Amazon. If you use code FULLDIVE10, you can get another 10% off on their products. We're here to talk about Victoria VR. Victoria VR, for those of you out there who don't know, is touted as the world's first realistic metaverse. Luik, will you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, uh, so basically Victoria VR, it's a project that was born in 2018 from the mind of, of Andre and um, and Adam, our two uh, co-founders. And basically the idea was to, in, a, in simple terms, to recreate uh, Ready Player One, but within a digital world, right? Nice. Uh, I mean, it inside the real world i would say and uh and so uh the idea was to create not only a metaverse which is kind of what we're trying to reproduce uh, after uh ready player one but also uh pop games right so there would be a game within within there like a mmorpg um and so you can come and have a lot of different activities and the metaverse uh, side of things is more like experiencing uh, something, right? Dif different type of activities, maybe fitness, maybe, uh, you know, transactional, uh, you, you can buy stuff, you can experience stuff, it kind of like you. You, we would expect uh, as a real app. So actually, Adam liked to define the metaverse as a kind of like a, a representation of the it's a 3d internet right mm -hmm. uh, our metaverse is not only um kind of like a, a 2d platform but it's also natively designed for virtual reality right we are on oculus uh, oculus uh, quest 2 um because we like the fact that there's no you know you can have like a freedom of movement uh of course limited to, to, to a certain space, but still you don't have a plug uh, that uh, connect you to the PC. So that's kind of like, that's what one of the mandatory things. And basically it all started when uh, Andre, who is the tech guy, the, you know, the genius uh, uh, tech was like, okay, the, um, the tech is there now uh, to be able to create this type of stuff. And of course, blockchain being the technology that it is and what it allows, um, uh, with, you know, true ownership, NFTs and all of that. It was the right match, the, the right moment for them to go, okay, let, let's go for it, right? Let's start this project and, and let's see where we can go with it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it sounds very ambitious. Uh, I've, I've got to say, when you bring up the Ready Player One, I really like that idea because when we think about current companies that kind of like people are looking at like it's a metaverse, you know, it's in Ready Player One, it was like, your whole life. It wasn't yes. just, oh, it wasn't just some games or some things to do. It was like people were getting married. They were going on vacation. Mm -hmm. They were getting divorced. <laughs> All these things were happening in there. And it sounds like your ambitions are definitely uh, more towards that than just yes. a big world that also has games and other stuff to do. So we've 
heard of a couple other metaverse companies, mm -hmm. one uh, called Solo Space VR, which I don't know if you've heard of them because they kind of have a similar idea. They actually were supposed to come on the podcast twice now and didn't show up either time. So I guess we're never going to hear about them. But... <laughs> or maybe after they will, uh, they will <laughs> decide to actually join us. Yeah. Have you heard uh, of Solo I, Space? Yeah, very quickly. Uh, I, you know, I was kind of like scan around what's happening. So uh, yeah, I think that they started not too long ago, something like that. And uh, yeah, there seems to be, I mean, I wish them all, all the luck, you know, uh, and all the best for their for their project. They seem to be as well chasing some sort of a, a like a, a real life, uh, but in the, in the digital space, kind of like, you know, uh, yeah, that, that seems to be their dream as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, metaverse, as we uh, discussed very briefly before, um everyone is developing a metaverse now uh, you know it, it's the new buzzword so and again it's it's not really everyone has a different definition of what a metaverse is right so for us the real metaverse has a virtual reality component right it's like you are you reach the full immersion right it, it's uh you know uh, it's it's also it's almost what a you know what's called the suspension of disbelief right it's like your brain doesn't make the difference anymore with the real world uh, or at least it at this moment where you're experiencing the something the brain doesn't uh doesn't know uh you know that that you are actually outside yet you are not in a in a in there in this experience right when the, the brain cannot make the difference then that's where i think that we are you know there's something i don't know if you're uh, um, familiar with the concept of presence um, and uh, something that I, I read about a lot uh, you know when I, I moved into that, that industry and I was very fascinating the fact that the presence the presence concept is defined as almost as when you remember where you were when you did that thing or that activity whatever um, that's when you get the true concept of like where you truly immersed or not. So, for example, if you had a very good experience playing a game, you remember yourself sitting at the desk playing the game. So you remember yourself into the real world. But if you are, for example, in the metaverse, uh, like in a VR uh, world, and then you do something, you will remember that as that moment, whatever you saw you will remember you will not remember yourself wearing a headset and actually experiencing that which i thought was absolutely fascinating and and which kind of like um, kind of like push us or, or or encourage us to think that okay vr is a true step within uh, towards true immersion and uh, and uh, and that concept is for us the real metaverse yeah i think that's really interesting because it makes me think about how we've heard these studies about you know young children not being able to differentiate from a vr experience from real life so we're talking about having that be something that adults experience where you know maybe they can still remember like okay i know that was in vr but the memory of, you know, playing that game or having that experience still is, you know, experiencing that moment and not thinking about having the headset on. So that's, that's really interesting. It's like, I feel like you have to really go far in immersion to be able to get to that with adults and maybe kind of bringing back that kid brain of, you know, we're accepting yes. this. 
as real. I mean, it's it's very funny because we were in London just last week, actually, where we were at the uh, uh, Eurogamer Expo, like uh, EGX. And uh, so we had the headset uh, on our booth and we had a lot of people coming and trying part of our games and, and whatnot. And the kids that came and experienced, they were like the, you know, getting it after like literally five seconds, right? They were immersed immediately doing the hoverboard and, and all of that. And you could feel they were deep in there, right? Uh, there's some kid that like, came back two or three times, you know, just to, to keep, uh, to keep uh, experiencing it. But yeah, the, there were, the interesting thing as well is that you see the emotion, even though people have a headset, right? But you see the, the, the face and uh, the, the, the lower part of the face and you see people smiling and you see people like, wow, wow, you know, amazing, you know, ex expressing themselves. So yeah, that's when you know that you're kind of on the right track or at least you hope <laughs> you're on the right track. Yeah. You know? That's, that's so interesting. That's a Stanford study that saw that in kids and people sometimes cite that as like a reason we should be weary of VR, but it's interesting because to you, it's almost more like a goal is to get to that point where people are fully believing this digital presence. And I, I actually have an experience where when I was really first doing a lot of VR, I remember we were watching a movie and they, they were like stuck in this tense survival situation. And my brain then thinking was like, oh, I too have been in a situation like that. So I'm kind of empathizing. I'm understanding what's going on with the characters. And then I thought to myself, I was like, what am I thinking right now? I've never been in a situation. And I had to trace the thought back and it was to i think it might have been uh robinson the journey this game where you're like stuck on this a this uh old earth with dinosaurs and and my brain had actually started to think of that memory as like a time i had gone through this situation rather than just a, sitting there playing a game and that was a time when i was like wow this if we can get to that point where you kind of believe these experiences it'd be mm -hmm. really powerful but it could also be a little risky when it comes to like horror games and stuff mm. yes <laughs> like uh, me True. for example uh for me i the first time I really experienced VR was maybe five, six years ago or something like that, maybe even more than that. And I was just not convinced, you know. I was just like, eh, okay, you know, that's that's a bit gimmicky. Uh, it's fun, but there's nothing really um, – I can tell. I'm not getting super uh, immersed into it. You know, of course, the content was not there. The games were not there and stuff. But then um, as I got – uh, uh, with uh, Victoria VR, I really uh, deep dive in it, and now I'm like, you know, I love it. The the amount of the of experience, like I'm I'm doing my fitness with uh, you know thrill of the fight and and these type of games, like Creed, and then my brain, like I cannot do fitness. I'm too bored. Right, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I cannot just leave stuff, you know, I'm like getting bored, but I wear the headset and then I do boxing for an hour. Mm -hmm. Not problem. No problem. You know, my brain just kick in, you know. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's amazing. You know, I think VR like came a long way and uh, we're just starting, you know. Yeah. And I see sure. games now, the ton of games that are released on a daily basis, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've been talking a lot about how we're kind of on the brink of like a new moment, like a new type of Internet, a new type of experience for people. So it's a really exciting time for sure. Um, I am interested to hear because we've we've talked, you know, about Meta's Metaverse, Solo Space, all these different companies. Um, and you kind of talked about 
what metaverse means to you, but what sets Victoria VR apart from other companies' metaverse spaces? What makes it different than all those other companies? So uh, I guess, again, uh, uh, depending on the, the definition that you give a metaverse, we truly believe that we're, we're not, of course, the, the only metaverse out there, but we are in the in the upper bracket because there's these VR uh, part of it, right? If you are developing a world in VR for us, it doesn't mean just Victoria VR, but there's other game uh, studio that developed that as well. But for us, that means you are building a metaverse, right? Now, the thing is, because it's a buzzy world now, everyone kind of like can claim that they are a metaverse or everyone kind of see metaverse everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, one of the best examples that I see lately is people calling uh, Fortnite a metaverse. Right? I love Fortnite, but I do not think it's a metaverse. A, I think it's a battle, I mean, if we play the, the, the battle royale part, it's a battle royale game. It's a online game and multiplayer game. You're not living a life, you're not, you're not just playing. But I understand probably where people come from in a sense that there is this sense of they are mixing a lot of things from the uh, outside world, right? Dragon Ball, uh, Spider-Man, you know, Marvel, whatever. It's They have s such a cross-marketing, cross-promotion. Uh, they are bringing so many verses into their world that maybe that's why people call it a metaverse and maybe that's what it is maybe it's it's correct we, we don't we don't pretend that we have the truth uh, of it but according to our definition that would not be the metaverse but everyone is entitled to to say hey i think that this is a metaverse because you know xyz right mm -hmm. um but it, it's interesting because you know uh before Meta renamed itself, uh, or before Facebook renamed itself uh, Meta, nobody claimed to be a, a Metaverse, right? Right. Um, and then suddenly, so we called ourselves Metaverse back in 2018, uh, you know, uh, but then suddenly it became a thing, and then everyone is now Metaverse, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's, it's funny that yeah. you you mention Fortnite because we had a developer on recently that said Fortnite is not even a game; it's an it's a store. <laughs> Yeah, it's an e-commerce platform, basically. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a little bit. Uh, it's a free-to-play game, so uh, people need to understand that free-to-play game can right. only survive with a store. Yeah, uh, that's uh, you know. I mean, I come from uh, you know, I, I worked at uh, uh, Riot Games uh, on League mm. of Legends, so that's probably oh. the top of you know what you can imagine in terms of store. But there's also, I mean. It's a free to play. The amount yeah. of uh, enjoyment and, and fun you get out of the game without any need to buy, which mm -hmm. is the same for Fortnite, is just like there's no match, right? Right. So mm -hmm. you can say whatever you want, but I think that these, <laughs> these are extremely good games. Uh, yes. We have a very well understanding of what sounds and, and why not, you know, uh, you know, skins and stuff like it doesn't affect the gameplay, right? So. It's it's very different from the free to play that actually are very predatory in right. their practices. You mm -hmm. know, mobile games are mainly, I would say, most of them are the culprit there. Like they push you, they push you. You know, 
you need to, if you want to progress you need to pay yeah those yeah. can be not dangerous. all of them not all of them but uh yeah you know, there's those there's out there of, for sure mm-hmm. yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we, there's just so many companies they're all trying to make money in their own way but some of them just seem so slightly evil at times in the way they do it. (laughs) And of course, when we talk about that, we got to talk about Meta, which is formerly Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been kind of known to buy out all their competition. They're getting pushed back from the FCC and other areas. But how would you respond if Meta was like, hey, we like what you're doing. We would like to buy Victoria VR. Well, to be honest, that is absolutely not my realm. Uh, And actually, I enjoy staying away from all this discussion that's definitely the business part and mm-hmm. i'm more like marketing you know kind of like so i i don't know actually that's uh it's would definitely be uh flattering that's for sure uh, <laughs> uh but you know i have no idea because there are definitely pros and cons to to this and i guess it depends what at that moment the company is trying to do with itself right do they try to scale do they try to I don't know. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's always kind of like a question out there, right? And it's not only Meta, right? There's other, we've seen other companies that are trying to go into VR, right? Uh, AR, VR, Apple, you know, Microsoft, you know, even Google, and, and you know, so yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, but unfortunately, I do not have a clear cut uh, answer for you. Well, we've you've talked about Victoria VR being available on Quest Two, um, yes. and it's an alpha testing. Yes. When do you see Victoria VR fully releasing to VR headsets, and will it be released on? more than the quest yeah so basically as we said right now we are in alpha stage private alpha stage meaning that we have uh you know it's limited in in the amount of players that you can have on the oculus at the same time so we have roughly 160 plus uh, 168 uh players right and um and so um we are in alpha stage we are gonna rotate people so had had more uh, to that. Then we have other key bits that we want to eat, right? We are not only a metaverse, a game, and so on. We are also a blockchain project, right? So uh, we have land sale, we have land that are NFTs, and therefore we we are planning to reveal to the people who bought their land, you know, where are you located and stuff like that. So that takes time. Um, and as for the final release, it will probably take some time. But um, I would, we did the mistake before of, of announcing our dates uh, and that just doesn't work. You know? That's just not a, a game. That's not just how a game works or a game is developed, right? So we rather be loose and, and we will inform people of our progress. We will kind of like, that's what I'm building right now, like a content pipeline to show people, hey, this is what we're developing, this is what's coming down. But but in terms of timeline, it's more like we have this, uh, the next step is definitely the um, the, land, uh, uh, the land reveal. Then we will have later the uh, the beta stage coming in, and then we'll see as well, right? We'll see how people re- uh, react to it, right? We'll be very uh, foolish uh, to tell ourselves, oh, you know, six months we do that in one year we do that no Mm -hmm. doesn't work like that because you Mm -hmm. test and people's like 
oh, we don't like that part. We don't like that part. And you have to go back to the drawing board, right? So it's more, it's better, I think, to just take one step at a time and bring people along on the journey and just try to inform them about what we are what we're working on, right? And then when we come to the point where we are, uh, you know, what what in the AAA we call like a, a golden, uh, you know, version, which is kind of like where all your features are working, everything is pretty much there, then you are you feel you feel comfortable about really uh, um, releasing a date basically or or rather informing you about the release date yeah that makes sense don't want to have something come out that's not ready or you know yeah. not deliver on what you're saying exactly because... you say hey, it's in six months and in six months later, hey, sorry we miscalculated you know it's going to be another six months and then for whatever reason Six months later, you can't make it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we know QA, you know, if, if you've been part of QA, you know what I'm talking about, right? This one bug that get fixed and then trigger a hundred other bugs that break the system, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> we didn't plan for this. Yeah, well, right. it happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you brought up blockchain in there and I'm just thinking uh -huh. it's come up on our podcast a few times, but for some of our listeners out there who aren't too familiar with what that means, you want to give us a brief explanation? Yes. Uh, so blockchain is basically the latest cutting edge, you know, technology uh, that um, is is uh, involving what's called Web3. So basically it's, it's the evolution of the internet as we know it right now. So, you know, uh, Web2 was, for example, uh, the big, the big guys, the meta, the, uh, the Google, you know, it's big data, right? But it's big data that belongs to these companies, basically that they take your data and they do whatever they want with it, right? So I'll, I'll be quite simple, you know, but uh, basically that's how it is. Like you do not own your data. Web3 and blockchain comes uh, in when it comes into play. Suddenly, you own your own data, right? You're the one in charge of of on uh, of your data. But also, you are it. Uh, it's a system that is permissionless, meaning that you don't you do not need to have a, a third party person, you know, um, and uh, and. And it's a, it's a, well, rather that's the trustless part of it, right? Uh, and then uh, it's something that is immutable. And I think that's one of the main thing is that every transaction is immutable, meaning that you cannot change it once it's, uh, once it registered into the, into the, uh, the blockchain, then you cannot change it, right? So it's always there. So it's, it's very impressive because for everything that is financial market and all of that, before there was no idea, no transparency. You had no idea, uh, where the money was coming from, you know, where it was going and stuff like that. But now everything is registered into the blockchain, right? So there's a ton of different things that blockchain allows it allows nfts for example which means that for the first time you have true ownership of of a digital uh a digital thing right a digital item right because when it's been created it's been registered into the blockchain and you can buy you can go back to the very first iteration and see very first transaction sorry and see ah okay this was the wallet so therefore the person 
that owned it. And then you see, for example, if somebody sold it on the second market and whatever, you know, three, four, five, ten times, doesn't matter, you follow the crumbs and you can see who is that last person that actually owns it. And it means that you have this true ownership. So it's very interesting because now a lot of artists, uh, musicians, you know, like painters, uh, try to um, try to get onto the onto the blockchain, basically onto one of one of the blockchains, and uh, try to um, create things. And you know, there's a lot of NFT based on you know artists and 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 so on. So yeah, it's it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's it's kind of like if there was a virtual version of when someone creates a painting and they sell it, every buyer were to write their name on the back. So you could always see that. Is that exactly. But then you could you could forge it. Right. Somebody could forge the signature and pretend that Rembrandt, you know, uh, uh, but it's so that it would inflate the value. Right. Um, but with the blockchain, you can't do that. You can't do that because every time there's a modification, it's registered. And it gives to a lot of very, very interesting experiment. Like, I don't know if we have the time, but I'll give you this example where a painter, for example, a pretty famous painter, uh, wanted to do an experiment. So what he did is that he drew on his canvas uh, in the real world, he, he, he drew a, a drawing, and then he made a digital version of it, the, the NFT, and then he sold the 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 canvas or rather the the art right the piece and now the interesting thing is that he asked the people well you have a choice this piece will be unique so either you you want to get the physical art and then i will send you once you bought it i will send you but then i will destroy the digital one or you actually get to keep the digital and i will burn the 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 real the real painting and if i remember correctly quite a lot of people choose the digital version and he ha and he burned the uh the the real one and i think it gives you know it's uh, fascinating basically and it's quite interesting because suddenly you know the real value is in the digital item right so yeah this, it's super interesting and you know where uh, there's all this discussion about nfts and blockchain going all over the place and um I want to hear more about uh, Victoria VR using VR tokens as currency. Does mm -hmm. that relate? Is that a blockchain thing? Yes. Um, just tell us more about it and how it works. Yes. So basically, Victoria VR created its own cryptocurrency, which is the VR token. Um, and then the idea is that this token... So right now you can do what you can regularly do in in crypto, which is called uh, uh, DeFi, to decentralized fi decentralized finance, which is basically you can stake your. It's like an account, right? You you stake your your uh, coin, so you put them aside, you log them into an account, and then they give you yield over a year, right? A percentage over over the years. Um, so that's one part. The other part, though, is that we want to um, include the, we want our world and the economy and all, of our world to be uh, uh, reliant uh, on the VR token, right? So that means that this token becomes the sole currency of our world. If you want to do something, then you get, uh, you know, let's say you do activities, for example, you get rewarded uh, in VR token, for example, right? And and the, the important thing is that these VR token have an equivalent with fiat money, 
that which is called fiat is is the dollar the the euro the the pound and all of that there's a there's an equivalence so that means that potentially you can earn a little bit of money right because you earn some of this token and you can re-inject them into the game you can use them to buy resources for example within the game and so on uh, to buy things in the game but you can also decide to extract them out of the world and and uh and get some real money for it so it's what it's what we call uh, uh, play and earn money, right? The concept is that because you probably, to be totally honest, there, there's been a big kind of like trend uh, happening in the last year, I would say something like that, of uh, play to earn um, uh, money, right? Some games like Axie Infinity, uh, Pegaxi, you know, some of these games, they came and they say, hey, you... you're going to come play our game. It's, it's like work. You're going to make money, right? But... Of course, there's a the every with everything you know when it relates to money and stuff. For somebody to win, somebody has to lose, right? So um, it was a bit kind of like detrimental to the whole system and and to the whole uh, genre, I would say. So uh, we switch from that notion of you don't come to play and enjoy, you come to you come to play to make money, right? We don't like this concept. So for us, it's more of the concept of play and earn meaning that there is a component where you can potentially earn money but what is important is the play part right that's the first part what you you need to come here because you want to be here you want to be part of this world you want to engage with people participate socially into the game and yes there is also a little component uh that makes you um earn some money because potentially you could open a business within our world and that's the metaverse part right you could potentially open some sort of a uh, yeah any type of business some you can open work you can open consulting firm or whatever right because that's the idea that we have which is we create like a world right victoria vr the capital you have the capital city and you have the suburb around it and it's a world so it's an extension a virtual extension of a real world you travel over there and you do things over there and that can be the same thing that you do in the real world i like that i'd like you bringing up about the real world because i'm curious i've actually been doing supernatural every day it's a vr fitness app for the last two months you talked about using thrill of the fight so what what does a day look like in the world of victoria vr can someone do all their things in just victoria or are you imagining people still using other apps in tandem with it yeah that's gonna be there's going to be a spectrum of things to do. Everybody, the idea for us is that we want to build a world where everybody feels comfortable, however deep they want to be, right? Uh, we're not here to judge people like, hey, no, we don't think you should, you know, play more than an hour or, you know, or something like that. It's more like we are giving options and uh, experiences so that potentially people would be able to um, to do whatever they want, you know, and 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 that's that's our idea. So, for example, uh, you could go in there and do fitness the same way you do it on other on uh, other app, right? Uh, but the idea is, of course, at first, a being a uh, addendum. It's it's more like a um, how you call it. It's it's cumulative 
uh, experience, right? It's not to replace it. We, we do not uh, think that we're going to replace the real world, and we don't want that either, right? Uh, but it's more like when you want to get somewhere, do something that you cannot necessarily do in the real world, then we are here for you. Let's say, for example, you want to open an office and you want to work with your friends or you want to reach out to somebody uh, that, you know, and have a meeting or something like that, then you could potentially do it, right? You would be in the virtual world, in your office, you open your office, your consulting office, and you have your client coming and they have their VR and one is in Japan and you are in the US. And then, you know, you work on the whiteboard and stuff like that. But that means that at the end of the conversation, for example, you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to go and go out a little bit and I'm going to go and do my fitness, right? Or I'm going to do uh, something else. I'm going to get some entertainment. I'm going to do some uh, shooting games or something like that, right? And you can do that because you are in that world, right? So, for example, you were on your plot of land that you bought and then that's where your office is. Uh, so people came in here, whatever, teleported to your place and so on. And then you're done with that. Now you're going to have fun. You teleport, for example, into the, the main city. Uh, and then you go and have your fun, right? You could potentially go go out to the nightclub and uh, having some fun, you know, dancing and stuff like that. Because, well, what do you need for that? Uh, do you need music? You know, sound, you need uh, a nice visual, it's in your headset, and maybe some friends that come along and you can have fun. I don't know if you heard about, I don't know if you experienced, I, I, I tend to refer back to that, but um, I experienced a, the concept of silent disco. Have you heard, have you experienced that? Um, so it changed my perspective on the social, uh, the social part of uh, dancing, for example. I always kind of like the same as everybody, a believer of like, hey, you know, dancing when you go to the nightclub is to, you know, be with your friend and this and that, you know. It's not really about discussing mainly, but it's about exchanging your vibe and e excitement and stuff. And then when I lived in the UK, I got invited in the silent disco and my first my first reaction was like, oh, this is weird, right? Because you see people dancing, but there's no music, right? And I think it's similar to that because you look at people, you're like, this is weird. Yeah, these people, one is dancing rock, the other one is dancing rave or whatever, techno and stuff. And you're like, man, this is crazy. And then it's because you are not part of this experience, right? You don't have the headset on, on your head, but then you put the headset, right? And you choose your channel and then you're in the discotheque, right? You have the music. And the amazing thing is that we want to have a conversation. You signal that to the guy, you just remove your headset and you're discussing as if you were in a bar or in a restaurant. It's you hear a few tapping, you know, people dancing, but that's it. So you have the best of both worlds. And it became absolutely like I was absolutely addicted to it. And every time they were coming in town, I said, let's go to silent disco because it's a different experience. And I, I think it's there is a correlation there with virtual reality because, again, where the music was the headset, here is the whole experience is the headset, right, on the eyes. And you can bring people. Of course, if your mother comes up and look at you dancing with your headset, 
Just go like, ah, you look stupid. Yeah, of course. But for you, when you are inside the... And, and, and hell, if she was putting a whole headset and joining you into that the discotheque where you're dancing, the experience would be totally different for her as well. So I think it's a fascinating part of uh, of that. We yeah. are, you know, there's a lot of prejudice that comes in, you know, it's like, oh my God, you look like, uh, you know, how many times did I hear that? You know, my mother think I look weird, you know, she saw me playing box, you know, video of me playing uh, Thrill of the Fight with my headset. She's like, okay, that that's weird. You know, but I'm like, yeah, but you're not inside. You don't it's, see what I see. It's a good point. And I think it's something we need to get over. Like, I think that what makes it happen for people is if the game is good enough and it's immersive enough, they're not going to care what they look like on the outside. Exactly. So it's a measure of how good something is, whether people are still worried about how they look on the outside to people. Mm-hmm. I exactly. think that you have a lot of commercial now, you know, like yes. that, where you have the people, you know, in the train, suddenly boop, they pop the thing and then they start dancing, you mm-hmm. know, but they dance to their music and other people, you know, look at them. Like, oh, my God, we are the old stuff. Like, but doesn't matter. That person is in the is in the in the vibe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the in their own uh, experience. So, yeah, I think that brings us back to when we were talking about, you know, the kids that uh, try VR and they're, you know, smiling and have this reaction, they're not thinking about what's on the outside. And so bringing that to everybody, if we can have a good enough, immersive enough experience, Mm -hmm. everyone can experience that where they're not thinking about how they, how weird they look or whatever. They're just in this virtual world. So that's absolutely, that's so exciting. And I think we're just in a very exciting time right now with all these, um, you know, Web3, blockchain, NFTs, VR moving in this really exciting yeah. direction. And yeah. And so- uh, one thing that is uh, like we we say that we have a realistic uh, metaverse, right? But people tend to think, oh, OK, it's just a real world, right? But that's not that's not how we necessarily see it. Realistic is is a certain degree of quality and a certain degree of like we're not blocky, for example, or voxel or stuff like that. But there's there's also it doesn't mean that it needs to be accurate or one to one to the reality, right? We could have avatar that are animals, avatar that you could play an animal, an alien, you could have laser, you know, things like that. It doesn't it's not incompatible with what we call uh realistic, right? It's more like in the represent it's like uh high quality graphics basically and and as close as you could uh imagine and and, and see uh in the real world but we're building a world where you can where your your brain can relate you know it goes back to the you know suspension of disbelief but it's just we're not trying to copy the real world and and abide but it's physics uh you know on the contrary we are creating a world where you maybe have a, a, a dimensional pocket, right? Where you enter a little door and suddenly you have a castle, right? So that that allows us, the metaverse actually, the digital world allows us to uh, remove all these physical constraints, right? So so we'd be silly just not to, not to go there. Right, yeah. Well, it's been a very interesting conversation. We've gone into some really cool concepts. Is there anything else that, you're working on that we didn't cover that you'd like to share today? Um, 
I mean, we, we just briefly talked about it, but you know, the, the concept of NFT, again, the, the concept of uh, VR lens that we, we have. So we sold digital properties, right? So we have digital assets, which are NFT. And I think I like, it's a cool concept because it allows these, these, these lens, uh, when you purchase them, they will allow you to be creative, to create whatever you want on these lens, right? You can create your own experience. So it's not only us creating experience for people, but it's also people creating experiences for other people, right? And, and I like the concept as well, uh, which also um, will give you resources. So it's like a plot of land that, that, that extract resources for you that you can sell or you can re-inject to buy, um, you know, like a... Uh, whatever a uh, how is it called a, a windmill, for example, right? That will uh, produce something for you, you know, or, or a lumber yard that will extract wood for you at a higher cadence and stuff like that. So this all this aspect, which is almost kind of like a um, a builder, you know, uh, where you can use to build your house if you want to build your house or, or build anything you want. So uh, I think it's a pretty cool aspect of uh, Victoria VR that uh, we we are really looking forward to people trying uh, this part. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to at some point hopefully get in, get my eyes in it, and see what it's like. I just want to say though a huge thank you for coming on and chatting. Of course, if you're out there listening, there's going to be links in the description, the show notes, so that you can learn more about Victoria. But Luik, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I feel <laughs> like I've I've been speaking <laughs> quite a lot. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, you're you're here to tell us about what you're doing. So that's you've done exactly the right thing. And I actually learned a lot today myself. So I appreciate that. And our listeners do too. If you're out there listening to this podcast, remember, you can also come here, see some of these examples, see the week here. I'll try to see if I can find some silent disco clips to put in the video so you can see what yeah. that's about. Because I'm curious myself. I want to go see this now. <laughs> but again, you need to experience it. Yes. It's way better than looking at picture. We need we need both. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're out there, and of course, if you're already here watching us on YouTube, remember you can take us anywhere you want to go. We're on all major podcast platforms. And if you've been thinking about VR for a while, this might be time to just dive on in. Dive on in.